The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. Well, welcome into another episode of Story World. Steve Schramm here with my boy Al. How's it going, man? It's going well. How about yourself, Steve? Man, it's going going so well. Um, I'm so excited. This is going to be um, actually not a very fun topic, if I'm being honest. No, it's uh, not. Uh, You're going to see Steve's of my frustration and hatred and anger, which we all know leads to the dark side. But uh, Amen. No. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try not to be. Not, I'll, I'll try to be good. I'll try to be good, but it's, it is it is an interesting uh, subject matter. Um, anyway, so uh, glad you're joining us. We are, this is what, we're, this is like episode 28 or something episode now. I'm, 28, yep. Yeah, sweet, sweet. So we're doing, uh, we're doing pretty good. I am excited to announce that as of today, we are beginning to get our stuff on YouTube. So it's probably actually going to be out on YouTube uh before this airs whatever that's fine because we record a couple episodes in advance but um anyway the stuff is finally getting ready to be on youtube as well so here soon you are going to be able to watch visually and uh that's super duper exciting for us because we've been recording all of these on video with an awesome background and everything that literally nobody besides us has gotten (laughs) to see i know Uh, it's amazing and we're the only ones that have been able to enjoy it i know i feel like this whole look and feel is is part of the podcast and nobody's been able to see it yet so now they'll be able to and uh so great pretty pumped about that hopefully we can we can share with even more people uh with it being on youtube and everything as well so yeah pretty pumped about that yeah, I, I was going to say before we got into the episode, because usually we save this up for the end, but um, once it, everything's on YouTube and we don't have a social media page yet, but we will at some point, I know we will, but, uh, and a lot of you know us personally, so if you have any questions or topics we want to discuss, either leave a comment on YouTube or, you know, send us a text or mention something to us, because at some point we definitely want to roll out an episode or so, just either answering questions or, uh, you know, whether it's about our love for eating meat together or watching a movie together or yeah. all the above. So it uh, doesn't matter what question or what topic, <laughs> we will tackle it. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, I guess we can we can no longer delay the inevitable. We must we must yeah. confront we must confront evil head on in its path. And so tonight we are talking about writing in the classroom, writing in the classroom. Um, and I almost don't really know the best place to start even here, Alex. So I think I'm going to let you take it away. <laughs> the best place to start is with a diploma so you don't have to write in the classroom again. Mm, it's a start. This is accurate. Yes. Yeah. So I, uh, Steve and I, I forget who brought up first, but we have um, talked a few times. We both love writing. We both love reading um just a lot and one thing that we both very much disliked in school was writing um in fact it's what it kind of partially turned me away from like either doing a minor in creative writing or or something else down that path um so yeah our topic is uh 
um, probably going to be a little bit negative tonight, but at the same time, hopefully we can put forth some good thoughts on how to maybe improve, um, writing in the classroom or how you can help like your kids out at home. Um, if they're go to a school that isn't <laughs> that you also don't like, uh, how they put forth the writing, but, uh, just some thoughts there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll just comment on that briefly. You know, it, it's really ironic. I, I, I love writing now. It's, it's my favorite thing to do. I do it, you know, uh, more than anything else almost. I mean, I was, you know, I spent probably more than an hour just today um, writing. And yet it was one of my very least favorite things to do in school. And I don't know, you know, maybe we can dig into this a little bit, but I, I guess too, there's a lot more. Um, when I write today, it's like I, I tend to write about things that I either already know a good bit about or like that would be number one or number two, I, if I do have to research, it's, it's very minimal. Um, and then number three, it's like, uh, if I, it, you know, if I, if I do have to research, um, about it and even if it's more extensive, it's like, it's usually about something that I like, you know, I'm, I'm doing it by my own choice. And, um, I, I think we both kind of can, can attest to that a little bit that it, it really changes things when you're, when you're doing it that way. Um, but yeah, j just in general, Writing for me always felt like such a chore, such an exercise because um, I had to do research. And a lot of times I didn't know the subject matter very well. And not only did I not know the subject matter very well, I had no interest in learning the subject matter, um, let alone writing about it. And um, as I'm talking aloud, another thing I'm thinking about is when I was in school, frankly, I didn't even like learning. Um, and so I was, I was there in school to learn to be educated. Um, and I didn't like it. I, I, I got, I mean, I think everybody sort of shares a similar story, but I can't think of anybody in the world who was more excited than me to, to, to walk into the classroom and that nineties black cart of salvation was there with the tube TV and the VCR <laughs> and you just knew it was movie day or video day. And it was like, Oh, thank the Lord. I do not have to actually learn today. I could just watch and pretend to learn. Um, and yet today, um, I'm, I'm an avid reader. I mean, I can honestly say that I read as much or more than I probably anyone in my own circle of influence, in my own sort of sphere of, of life. And that's super weird. Um, like if you were to ask my wife 10 years ago, um, would, you know, is, is Steve a reader? Does Steve like to read? Does Steve like to learn? I promise you, she would have laughed you into the next century. I mean, there's just, that's not who I was. And uh, maybe sometime we can even talk about that on the podcast, but I, I went through a dramatic change, you know, around 2015. Um, in many areas of my life, but I did. And, and one of those things resulted in just a voracious uh, love for reading. I read from reading almost nothing to to reading, you know, 30, 40, or even more books per year um, and, and being obsessed with learning. And so the more obsessed with learning I, I got, also the more obsessed with writing I got. And I think when I was in school, frankly, I just didn't like either. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, did you Did you read much? So you didn't read much in high school either, or it really wasn't recently till you started reading a lot? Yeah, no, it was, I, I didn't really start reading a lot until 2015, 2016. I graduated high school in 2008. Okay. So, wait, so I, my setup was a little bit different. So I did read a ton in, um, you know, elementary, junior high, high school. And then I even like 
wrote a lot on my own. And so my kind of, um, I hate a strong word, but my dislike for, um, writing papers in school and I, Steve and I are, are specifically talking about like actual, like writing, like a paper or a report, obviously kids need to learn how to write like a, like normal, sure. normal yeah. writing and, you know, literacy and everything. So, uh, but we're actually talking about writing papers and assignments. Okay. Got that out. So one thing that I disliked about it is, um, it was just, you had to write a certain way. Um, and you were pigeonholed into writing that certain way that really only applies to people who will eventually, in, in my opinion, write research papers or become PhDs and like write their own um, different papers for publication. Now, I know, Steve, you write for um, um, published um, uh, either magazines or online journals, or whatever you want to call them. But yeah. um, I'm sure the format that you probably write in is quite a bit different than what I was taught. Every single paper was the same. It was whether it was a research paper, or even a paper about a book I was reading about in creative writing class. It was, you start with your introduction. You, you know, give an instruction on what your paper is about. You list your points. Here's my first point, second point, third points. And then you talk about your points. Here's my point one, talk about it. Point two, talk about it. And then at the end you say, here are the three points I just talked about. And then conclusion, and then you're done. And I would get an A every single time because it was the most formulaic process ever. And it was yeah. the easiest A ever. And if you just had, if you were just a, um, just a capable writer, not even a great one, if you just follow that, that was what the teachers graded me on, at least wow. partially. Now, maybe it, would, it, maybe it would have ended up being different if I ventured more to like special, like minoring in creative writing or something. Maybe, maybe I'm speaking kind of ignorantly of people who actually go down that rabbit hole, but from the surface level, um, that's what I ran into. And so it was one following that certain structure, that certain format. I'm not, and we've talked about before, like successful, even fiction works follow a somewhat format. There's usually that sure. introduction, the beginning, it's a three act format that works, but there's also a lot of wiggle room in between. You're not in the middle of the book saying, Oh, by the way, here's my three points that just happened in the book. You know, it's a lot different. Um, yeah. but and then the other thing, so following the structure and then also being forced to write about a topic that you don't like. I remember it's been a while since I've read it. Maybe I have to read again and give another shot, but I read the Scarlet Letter, I think twice and the last time was in college. And I just, I don't, I just hated that book. I just could not get into it. I thought it was boring. Even like, like talking about it in class and hearing about all like the analogies in it and what it all means. I just did not like it. Maybe I have to get a second chance, but I was so we spent a good chunk of that um, month or so reading the Scarlet Letter, talking about it, and then writing a paper about it. And it just feels like a wasted month. <laughs> like right. so much time wasted on one, learning a subject that I didn't care for. I know sometimes you have to do that. But then two, yeah. having to expend my energy and thought and time on writing on the subject that I did not like. Um, anyway, I kind of have, solutions later on and how to fix these problems but those are kind of my surface level issues that just frustrated me about about writing in the classroom yeah yeah i'm i'm with you there like i'm thinking back to you know all the english and literature classes and, and things like that that i that i took in this i i told alex right before we, we went live i said i promise i'm not going to be I, I'm, I'm trying not to be ultra negative and the very next thing i wrote was our education system sucks <laughs> so i'm sorry for that um, but uh, 
you know, look, if you don't have an opinion, then you're irrelevant. You know, and I do. I do have an opinion about this. Uh, I don't necessarily have all the solutions. Um, mm -hmm. If I did, you know, I, I wouldn't. Anyway, I, I, I would share them, I promise. Um, but uh, I'm still every now and then going to gripe about it. Um, I think uh, uh, in traditional education, kids learn uh, things that are not relevant. Um, a lot of things that are not relevant. And they do not learn a lot of things that are relevant. You know, um, this might be controversial, especially, especially among a writing audience, but I'm not so sure that anybody gr uh, growing up in high school really needs to be taught about Shakespeare or, the, you know, the Canterbury Tales mm. or those sorts of things. Um, let's just take the Canterbury Tales as, as one example. Do I know what, what that was? Vaguely, why do I know what that was? Because I remember learning about it in high school and we even did like a little mini play thing where people were different characters from the thing. And that is literally all I remember about it. Now, <laughs> mind you, I basically, I, I understand that on my, you know, whatever, if you, on my quote unquote resume, what I am today is a web designer, but I'm basically... I'm, I basically write for a living, right? I'm basically a writer because these days my time is spent writing internal communication to the team, external communication to clients, marketing communication to the world to get new clients. And like, that's it. That's 80% of, of what I do realistically. And the other, you know, there's probably another 10% that is still more writing for things like you know, creating, creating more advanced content, like, like courses or stuff like, or books or stuff like that. And then there's and probably another 10% that's actually web design. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as a person who makes 80% of his living doing words, whether it be these podcasts, these are, this is not writing, but this is words, right? I make 80% of my living doing words. And yet the words of the counter of the Canterbury Tales, I literally remember nothing about that story other than the fact that we learned about it in high school same with yep. beowulf or, or something like that now now i get it i know i know i'm sure some of you are jumping down my throat right now because it's like oh we need to preserve the great historical fine okay i'm, I'm sure there i'm sure there is absolutely some truth to that but I, i'm just saying i feel like why did i learn about the canterbury tales in high school but i didn't learn how to budget so that my family would not go under like literally the day you graduate high school, it's like you need to learn how to budget like the day because the very next thing that happens is you go to college and they start sending you credit card things in the mail and they start, you know what I mean? And, 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 and you get hit with it immediately. Right. And so it's like, okay, can we at least maybe agree that it's more important to learn how to deal with your personal finances than it is to learn about the works of, of Shakespeare or, or, or insert whatever thing here. And so, um, I, so, so I guess that's just my question. That's that's sort of why, that's sort of why I didn't like it is because I felt like there was a lot of, again, formulaic. But but formula is not necessarily bad. I mean, a lot of the writing I do today is formula, like marketing, copywriting. This is actually the big like misnomer about it. When people first start to learn about copywriting, um, one of the things that you'll find out is that it, being creative is not what. What wins? Actually, it's it's just it's really a combination of two things. Number one, being human and relatable, and number two, following particular formulas that have been proven to work over decades. Um, 
and you know and, and so it, it's it's not uh it, formula and structure aren't the problem those are actually pretty good things um but there but there really is a question about um well the one way that i put it here is is i think there's a journey uh in life towards passion um passion is maybe not the best word if if i can say passion then i should also say something like proficiency in other words life is a is a journey you eventually find out what you want to be and what you want to do when you grow up and i think most people are are going to take a while to discover that but i'm not so sure that um the the path to that should be paved with assignments the way that i wrote it in my notes exploration is always better than assignment and not to go on too big of a tangent here but you know when when looking into education options for my for my kids one of the things that really interested me was the montessori way of of um of teaching which is basically an exploration uh based system where pretty much all throughout um elementary school even through high school there the kids education is based on exploration of things in their environment um and not so much based on st structured assignments that some bureaucrat somewhere decided was the right thing for the kid to learn um so anyway that's I, I better stop before i get too much more worked up and let you comment here but that's kind of that's kind of so alex shared where he's at with it that's kind of where i'm at with it yeah no no that's good um so yeah those are kind of my issues with it and now really the only thing i have left is to talk about not specific solutions this isn't a episode to talk about how to <laughs> solve the uh education system <laughs> steve and i are not bright enough for that but yeah. just my thoughts on what i think could help and um how to practically help in your own house um i, I assume probably a lot of people listening to this if not maybe most are half kids or are gonna have kids and so just some things to think about that i've thought about so first of all when it comes to actually in the classroom Again, not trying to solve the school system, but just some thoughts, because I know that some of this stuff is hard to do and to work around. But as of right now, you have a situation where it is a lot of, uh, you know, 30 kids in the classroom or 20 kids or however many writing the same thing and the teacher grading the same paper. It doesn't matter if a student even likes writing at all or doesn't want to write about this particular subject. Everyone has to do it. And I think it would just be nice to have a little bit of, um, free reign in the writing class when it's supposed to be something creative. Um, math is math and, you know, grammar is grammar. You know, you have certain English things that are meant to be, you know, set in stone. But when it comes to writing, I know of a couple people that I've talked to who um, they didn't just hate the writing school. They hated school, period, because they hated to write and just write in general in that form. I had a friend who like liked to think in terms of like comics and he loved comics and wanted to um, you know, created stories that way. And I just always thought, well, why can't he create something like that for, for class? I mean, that's a huge exploration of the mind and getting like story down on paper. Um, and so again, that does make it hard on the teacher. You know, how do you kind of accurately grade each thing if it's not a system, but just a kind of thought where, um, instead of a structure, especially for young kids, if you're in college and you're going for something specific, if you want to be an academic and get a PhD and, do that your whole life, then yeah, of course, maybe follow a structured um, writing process and have the teacher grade it very strictly. But if you're, um, you know, a 10, 11, 12 year old and you like Harry Potter and you want to write your own wizard thing, might as well write on that rather than Pilgrim's Progress, not thrashing on Pilgrim's Progress. I actually like that book, but um, just let the kid explore and do their own thing. Now, again, 
it's obviously hard, you know, you're in the classroom setting, that's hard to do. So, um, what to do at home. So one thing that really helped me growing up is both my, um, both my dad and my stepdad really encouraged me with, uh, not only did they introduce me to stories at such a young age, but anytime I would write something, no matter how horrible it was, always just encouraged me to encourage me to keep on writing it and keep on doing it. And they would ask me questions about what I'm writing and really show an interest in what I'm doing. So like if your kid, obviously don't force your kids to do anything creative that they don't want to do, but if your kid shows an interest in writing like a comic or writing some like funny story or whatever, um, or even if it's not writing, if it's telling, if it's talking, you know, we have the iPhones now, they want to talk a story into a phone. Um, help them out with it and encourage them to explore it. So I think um, the big thing, can't rely on school to really teach your kids or allow your kids to explore, do what you necessarily want them to do. So at home, um, yeah, encourage your kids, give them uh, give them the strength and just the the toughness and will to explore what they want, to, you know, let them know that it's okay to um, to tell a story about this or to to talk about that and just let them explore where their mind is going to wander. And I think that will help in a really big way because it definitely helped me. I just think if there was just one time where, you know, at eight years old, I was writing stuff. If my dad said, well, that doesn't really, you know, make sense. I don't know why you put that in the book. Uh, just like one thing like that to a little kid who's just having fun can really destroy him. But right. that, I mean, just one thing could crush him. And that never happened to me. And so I was an eight year old thing and I was writing, uh, you know, the work of, uh, of some literary masterpiece, but it was just an eight year old kid's writing, but man, that helped me grow and continue writing. And, um, I'm not when say I'm the best writer in the world, but, uh, I know a little something about writing. And so, uh, yeah, after that, it's definitely worked out for me. Yeah. I think, uh, what I'm going to say is probably just another way of putting what you just said. So, um, I won't be, I won't belabor the point, but, um, I think if I, if I did have any sort of advice or at least you know, this is kind of what I plan to do with my kids is foster their interests. Yeah. Um, I just can't help but think, you know, thinking back to myself, I'm kind of channeling a little bit of my kids, the age they are now, and then maybe thinking of myself a few years older than them when I could read and write a little better and I was in school. I just, I just can't help but think that um, I would have done a pretty good job if somebody had asked me to write a paper on Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z. And I'm not like you might you, and you might say, oh, well, that's that's like silly kid stuff. Well, silly kid stuff, though, it may be they there are some pretty um, dark and light mm -hmm. and fundamentally human themes that happen in shows like that and others um, that are also um um relevant to and understandable by children um uh, another example would be something like um Kratz creatures or Zubumafu. um these shows that like yeah if you'd asked me to or if i had had the opportunity to uh do a project or uh, especially a writing a research project or something like <laughs> that on on like my my favorite episodes of 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 Crash Creatures again. I'm just pulling something out of the sky here. Where where they where they went and talked about you know this particular animal or whatever. Like I I feel like I would have not only done a really really good job, um, but I would have loved every second of it. And so 
it, it seems weird to me, right? It seems like if, 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 you know, if we're going to do the whole grading thing anyway, if we're going to <laughs> assign, now get me started on that, but if we're going to assign some sort of worth to our children via a grade on their performance on how well they did at understanding a particular subject matter, it feels like we ought to give them the best chance possible. And to me, that's not forcing them to, to, to manufacture interest in something they have no mm. interest in. Um, not, not again, I'm not, I'm not arguing against doing hard things. There's, there's even books written about this, do hard things. Uh, it, it's, it's good to do hard things. Um, but I'm, I'm talking about literally, you know, you're an eight year old here, right. Or whatever, or, or even a teenager or whatever. They don't know what they want to be at when they grow up, but they certainly have interest. And believe it or not, their interest, if you just, would just, you know, talk to them every once in a while, they do go beyond things like the opposite sex and <laughs> the opposite sex. I promise they do. They're, they have interest in other areas as well. I know because I was one um, and I had interest in lots of areas. And, and yet nobody ever in school engaged me in those areas of interest, nor did they encourage me to express myself creatively uh, based on those areas of interest. So I think I would say, and that's ultimately, I mean, look at the only people who go to work every day and continue to do a job they hate. There's only two types of people that do that. The first type is somebody who doesn't have a choice. They're just trying to scratch out a living. They, for whatever reason, they, you know, whatever, they, they didn't get the right education or just whatever it is. They, they don't, they're not motivated or whatever. They're trying to scratch out a living. The other are the people who love money so much that, that if they're getting paid well at a job, they don't really care. They'll just keep on doing the job even if they hate it. I would say the vast majority of people are not motivated in either of those directions. I would say the vast majority of people um, who are doing what they do on a regular basis legitimately enjoy their jobs, if not are very passionate um, about their jobs because of whatever reason, because they, they legit like the work or, or whatever. And so I get, what's the point? The, the, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is um, when it comes to what you're going to end up doing as a productive human, I can't really think of situations beyond the two I just mentioned where somebody's not going to end up doing what they really want to do for a living. Um, and so that sort of tells me that the education system should be a lot more geared towards um, one's developing interests um, than assignments. So anyway, that, that's well kind of my two cents. No, well said. I think that's good. Does that button up everything you had for this topic? Well, yeah, maybe. I have a question for you. Uh, I kind of, I kind of want to know, and maybe you haven't considered this, but but I kind of want to know where you come down on on the thing I mentioned a while ago, talking about like, yeah, yeah, to what to what degree, and this kind of enters more into education than than writing specifically, but you know, to what degree do we need to learn about the Canterbury Tales and Shakespeare and Beowulf? Mm -hmm. and, I mean, is that or is that is that really is that really a necessary part of our I don't know anybody who, who who would think about it for two seconds and say that, yeah, we should have that instead of like learning how to budget. So I'm not asking you that question. I'm just saying like, do you think that those, that those literary masterpieces of days gone by or whatever, do they, do they play a legitimate role in our, in our kids' education or are they something that we could actually do without in most cases? Um, I think we could probably do without in most cases and you're not married to your opinion. So just keep that in mind. But my opinion as of right now is that I think I've expressed kind of this thought with you before, but, um, if a kid or a teenager 
naturally has an interest or something, they're going to ask questions about it and dig deeper into it. They're not just going to mm-hmm. sit there. And so I think, I guess it's not entirely worthless, but um, rather than have a whole semester or a whole year dedicated to teaching high schoolers or junior hires about all of these, um, you know, old stories that were told, um, you know, that goes anything deeper than just surface level of like from a historical lesson, like, hey, who, here's who these writers were, you know, it might take a day to describe all of that. Maybe right. a week at yeah. most. Um, kids who find that interesting after that week topic are going to ask their teachers about it. They're going to look up books on their own, especially with today's room with the internet. They're going to want to do it themselves. It's no use teaching someone who wants to be an architect and teaching them specifics about Shakespeare and his writing style and why he wrote the way he did and what context is. But a student who loves writing and loves that historical sense of that and all the meaning is that they're going to, you know, specialize in it and go to college about it and, you know, maybe like write plays that reference it or who knows what. And so, yeah, for me, I think that pretty much any topic that gets into specifics, whether it has to do with space, um, animals, like ocean biology. Yeah. I would say nearly 100% of those topics should be taught very surface level. And then kids who find an interest in it are going to go towards it. And the kids that aren't don't need to know anymore. That's kind yep. of my opinion right yeah. now. That's, that's, I like that. That's a good way to put it. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking of, you know, we're, we live in our, I live in Statesville, North Carolina, red, redneck country. And I'm just thinking, you know, half the kids in high school, you know, in these parts are like, what they do for fun on the weekend is like work on their diesels and, um, you know, prob- <laughs> probably, probably and talk about like, Shakespeare. Right. Yeah. Of course. It's like, <laughs> you know, probably a good percentage of them want to grow up and be like a diesel mechanic. And I'm just thinking, and it's like, they know that, like they, they viscerally know that they do it for fun. They would love to do it to get paid. And they realize that it gets, I mean, like freaking diesel mechanics get paid, like in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, I don't know if anybody knows that at least it's a six figure job to be a diesel mechanic. So, um, so right. It's kind of like, okay, if you, I don't know why I just am randomly picking that example, I guess, cause of the redneck thing, but it's like, if you're in high school, what you do on the fun for weekends is work on your stinking truck. And you know that you're, you want to be a diesel mechanic and you know, they get paid well, then why should you be forced to go through a semester of learning about literature or whatever, like fast track your butt through some program and then graduate high school yeah. get a job in a shop and like boom be in your and, career you know we and, touched and on do- this a little bit um but not just um have to write a paper on it but also maybe go with the fear of not being able to graduate you know or like having to write that paper and it might be a great asset yeah i this is going into uh yeah, the uncharted yeah, territory yeah. we're kind of past all the stuff we're going down some rabbit holes now but um uh i mean it really kind of makes you wonder like what's the point of a four-year high school like honestly if a kid like at 16 you see more of this more and more at parents sign off on it like if you're 15 16 you're like hey you know what like i want to be a diesel mechanic um why not just stop high school and take like a two three four-year apprenticeship and then boom by the time you're 19 or 20 you're making you know 80 100 120 however much it is like yeah in the bible they were getting married and having babies at 13 years old okay i'm not i'm not necessarily we know what steve's advocating for yeah i'm not necessarily (laughs) arguing for that today i'm just saying it's like maturity thousands of years ago was like, you know, now that I'm pretty sure there are people who like argue right now that you're not actually an adult now until like, you shouldn't be considered an adult till you're like 28 or something crazy like that. And I'm like, yo, like that has doubled somehow from thousands of years ago. Like, are we that 
are we that wussified? And look, I'm not the like, I'm not some tough guy. If you met me in real life, you would, you would 100%, you know, you look at me as like a, a I could judge for that. Yeah. Right. Like who's <laughs> this goofy jelly bean over here? But like, I seriously have enough sense to anyway. So I don't, I, in short, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm thinking like, why, why the four year high school? Why, do, why are we graduating yeah, high school so like, at 18, going to college and prolonging a useless education for four more years? Like why? Yeah. If so if you're things- in, so if you're in high school and you have some high schools break out like a whole year or like semesters, but let's say whether it's a semester or a whole year that you take a biology and you're cutting open frogs and learning about all that stuff, like that's cool. Why don't you condense that to like a month, like a month of biology, a month of chemistry, a month of maybe like space stuff, a month of rocks, like just have like a really basic overview. And like I said, if someone's like, well, I really like rocks, I might want to go to college and study that, then boom, that kid can go to college. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, yeah, and um, okay. So, uh, sh- uh, we should move on. Stories of the week. Yeah, like? stories of the week. Yeah. So okay. I'm actually I I had to. I'm gonna push one out probably to next week, but I'm gonna replace it with another one because um, okay. it goes right in line. I've told you this before, and I'm gonna maybe botch it up a little bit. But Quentin Tarantino had an interview. Uh, someone was interviewing one time. Uh, <laughs> I'm not necessarily advocating for how he's uh his ultimate decision, but. He basically said he has not given his mom a single dime of the money that he's made, except mm-hmm. to Albert and some issues that came up. And that's why he said that when he was, you know, 12 years old or something, he was in school, not really getting good grades because he hated school. You know, the what we were just talking about, hated school, hated to force into writing stuff. And so he just wrote like screenplays and, you know, scripts and a bunch of fun stuff that he liked to do. And um, I forget the specific word he used, but basically his mom said, uh, stop wasting his time, get his head out of that and, you know, start doing well in school. And again, I'm sure there's more yeah. to the story. There's probably side for his mom, but basically his reason, his reason for not giving his mom a single dime was that she didn't encourage him to pursue what he loved and what he loved mm-hmm. is what paid him all this money. Uh, yeah. Again, t- take it or leave it for what, if that's the best decision or not to show some kindness to your parent. But um, it, it just kind of shows like what you do say as a parent does affect, obviously what she said to him affected what was in his mind and so anyway that just kind of goes right in line with our story and then the uh second short thing that i have is a new uh like lord of the rings uh rings of power yeah not lord of the rings rings of power teaser dropped um from amazon it's coming out september 2nd or 7th i think and um it's just really cool it's a minute long thing some of it is some stuff i think that was already used in the previous trailer um but uh it's really uh it's really neat Uh, pretty much everyone's looking at a meteor um, and I, I have a hunch, maybe it's obvious, I don't know, but I have a hunch that it's probably, I think they're called the Asturi. It's the, uh, the five like wizards that are known as Gandalf and Saruman and Radagast and a couple of the other ones. Um, I think that that's them coming to earth. And again, maybe my timeline's messed up, but, um, anyway, just some really, uh, really cool things, uh, in there and I'm excited for it. Yeah. 100% cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it too. I still got to finish the second book of Lord of the Rings. Um, yes. And then we go watch the movie. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so um, I'm, I'll take two quick ones here. Um, the first is uh, app. So uh, Jordan Peterson and his son, who I believe it's also a J name, but I it's slipped my mind, um, Peterson, have launched what they what they call app, And it is a writing platform. It because kind of goes along well with our um, with our topic, which is why I chose it. Uh, but it, it's a it's a it's a writing it's a it's an online writing software that 
basically encourages you to write and helps you write using the method that Jordan Peterson has taught for, I guess, decades um, in his uh, classes on on writing. And so it helps you write essays. Um, and it's it sort of, you know, the, the fundamental foundational premise of it is something that I very much agree with. And that is that um, writing is sort of the, um, the differentiator um, for one person to the next. I mean, how well you can write and share and articulate ideas um, is uh, says a lot about your personality. And um, I think the, the, I mean, what, what can I say? Like writing was the past and writing will, will always be the future because that's how humans communicate well <laughs> um, is through thoughtful, considered writing. I mean, that's just how humans communicate. And so um, this is an app that helps you do that. It walks you through the process and it's super cheap. I mean, it's like $4 a month or something like that. Um, and it helps you, yeah, get really good at writing and, and rewriting and structuring your writing. It's it's pretty cool. So essay.app, yeah, you can check that out. Um, and then the uh, the second one is a little self serving, um, but just something new that I've been working on, which is which is cool. Um, so my I so you know I have this mentorship program for called subscription web design that I um, I work with people who are um, basically me five years ago. Uh, people who are maybe the target audience is those looking to get into or or sort of at the very beginning of. Um, working in a web design business, owning a web design business, um, but but honestly, the you know the mentorship would work for seasoned people as well. The idea is to get them into charging for websites via a subscription model instead of the way most people do, which is hey, pay me half up front, half down, or whatever. And um, there's all kinds of reasons why why you might do that. Well, uh, the story of the week is is that I have at the um, at the at the coaxing of my own web design coach. Um, I have gone ahead and created a course um, out of that material uh, to start offering to people. And so I've, I've, I've got it all set up. It's going to be going into pre-sale pretty soon. I may um, announce on the podcast. Well, I actually probably by the time this podcast goes out, um, it will it will be either on pre-sale or for sale. So you'll be able to get to it um, by going to my site, steveshram.co. If you just happen to be in the listening audience now or in the future and want to learn how to build a subscription website design business. I've literally got the course that will take you from A to Z on exactly how to do that, set the whole thing up. And um, it's my gift to you. So anyway, all you have to do is listen to Steve Stram even more. Yes, that's all that is. <laughs> that is and look, I, I wrote down, so there's basically a, a, a I, I'd call it a transcript, except I basically wrote the lesson and then um, spoke the, you know, the lesson with a little bit more character. Um, so if you don't want to hear me, all you have to do is read and you can read the lessons and get pretty much the same uh, ideas. So um, it's it's exciting. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a cool way without, you know, some people don't want to commit to the whole like monthly ongoing mentorship thing. Some people just want to get in, learn what they need and get out. And so this is for those people. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about it. You can just go to steveshram.co and uh, it'll be there. If, if and you're interested in that sort of thing. I can't wait to see the next company, Steve. Yeah, dude, it's pretty sweet, right? Um, it's uh, it's just uh, all kinds of little stuff. So, uh, hey, multiple income streams. This is the name of the game. Yes. I'll preach. I'll preach that one all day long. If you have multiple yes. income streams, you will not have to be beholden to a job or a boss ever again. So, some people don't mind that. I, I, I Alex seems to like jobs and bosses pretty good. So that's my, you know, and and I, other people do too. Me, um, I. 
the thought of having to go back to a real a real job makes me shudder. Um, and so I'm going to do whatever I can to keep that from having to happen. So that's Absolutely. it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Very good. Cool. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, Alex, any parting words? Um, I cannot wait to see you next time, Steve. Oh, man. I can't wait to see you either in all of your glowing glory. Yes, and all of my uh, pink skin uh, <laughs> glory. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, share the podcast. Uh, it might uh, th- maybe this episode won't be, but some other episodes will will almost certainly be on YouTube by the time you listen to this. So go check us out, Story World, on YouTube. Share with your friends. See ya.